one of the critical things for me is actually having clarity on what the value drivers are within the organization. What's really going to help to drive performance? So typically, a lot of organizations will plan in infinite levels of detail. Levels of detail that are just not relevant in terms of the, the big decisions that need to be made within the organization. So actually getting a focus on what are the real value drivers for the business? What's going to help drive performance is something that organizations are now starting to grapple with and understand how they can elevate their planning so it becomes more efficient. Welcome to the Hackett Group's Business Acceleration Podcast. Week after week, you'll hear from top experts on how to avoid obstacles, manage detours, and celebrate milestones on the journey to world-class performance. Hi, I'm Gary Baker, Global Communications Director for the Hackett Group, and welcome to another episode of the Hackett Group's Business Acceleration Podcast. This week, we'll be talking about planning and navigating through an economic recession with Adrian Cadman, who is the Enterprise Performance Management Leader for IBM's consulting practice in the UK and Ireland. Adrian, welcome to the podcast. Thanks, Gary. Thanks for inviting me. Great opportunity to talk about, I guess, what is a, a big challenge for most organizations today and how they navigate their way through the future. Great. Just to get us started, uh, you know, over the last couple of years, it's been a significant challenge for organizations to navigate their way through COVID, economic instability, and all kinds of other stuff. From your experience, what issues are clients having to wrestle with in the FP&A space today? So, great question, Gary. I think clients are facing many, many challenges in the FP&A space at the moment. And if we take a step back and have a look at not just the past two years, but it probably started six years ago here in the UK, we had Brexit. Nobody really expected that. And the consequences of that meant that we saw instability in the financial markets and also the strength of the pound deteriorated rapidly overnight. So all of a sudden, it left a bit of a challenging question for organizations about how do they set themselves up? How do they manage their, their hedging approach to, to foreign exchange? Do they manage their way and protect their revenue streams through this period of time? More recently, obviously, the pandemic all of a sudden, we went from being fairly stable situation come the start of, of 2020 to within less than 12 weeks being in full lockdown globally. Massive impact on organizations. So these are things that haven't sort of, there's not been a long lead into these. It's all about, you know, sudden shocks in the system, which create those challenges. And then more recently, we've had the Russian invasion of Ukraine, meaning that actually the whole energy market situation seen escalating prices, which has had a massive knock-on effect to inflation. Inflation now at unprecedented levels, and obviously the banking institutions within the respective countries are having to take action by increasing interest rates. This again has a significant impact on how organisations can plan effectively, manage their funding requirements, but also thinking about the servicing costs of the, any debt that they have got is now increasing because of that increase in interest rates. So, how do clients manage to react to this? And some of the challenges, how agile are organization? And agile is a, is a buzzword that's out there a lot, particularly in the consulting area. How agile are organizations at trying to formulate what does a new plan look like? How quickly can they pull that together? And I work with clients who, you know, in some instances, they're talking about pulling together their three-year budget. Their three-year budget takes six months to deliver. 
In other instances, organizations wishing to pull forward a forecast. It takes six weeks. We know a lot can happen in six weeks. A lot of things can change. So if it takes six weeks to turn that handle to produce a forecast and conditions change dramatically, that means you have to go back and start again and start to turn the handle. So agility is a big factor that's affecting organizations and how they can pull information together very, very quickly and respond to the challenges that are in front of them. I think the second element is visibility. So lots and lots of organizations actually still build their plans, budgets and forecasts in a world of Excel. As soon as that's in Excel, it is hidden. So when it gets consolidated up through the organization, and if you're sitting in the the C-suite of the organization, your visibility to be able to see what's actually driving the data, what options have we considered to be able to deliver the best possible outcome for the organization, are all hidden. So it then emanates in questions having to be fed down through the organization to try and get clarity and understanding of how have we planned What have we planned? What decisions have we got? And therefore, this all is very, very time consuming to be able to land a plan and then start to execute against it. So I think the visibility is a key challenge for organizations. And actually, as I mentioned before, the time taken to pull those plans together is just way, way too long at at this particular point in time. And making sure that plans are aligned across the organization. And what I mean by that is you can have a demand plan, you can have a manufacturing plan, you can have a supply chain plan. How do we make sure that there's connected data across all of those different aspects of that particular business? Because then, hopefully, everybody's working to a single aligned plan throughout the whole of the organization. I've seen some instances where you can ask a question to three different parts of the business and you will get three different answers to the same question. That's a challenge, making sure that there's good governance and control around the plan data that everybody should be working to is is a fundamental challenge in some organizations that I've been consulting with. And I think finally as well, actually, how are organizations really embracing the data that they have to be able to make more informed decisions? How much subjectivity is actually built into planned budgets and forecasts? Okay, so can we have a more data-driven approach is one of the key challenges that organizations are now starting to consider because embedded sometimes within those plans can be a degree of contingency. That contingency, when you start to cascade that across across the whole of the organization, can start to become a big number that can fundamentally undermine the value of a particular plan or a budget. And I think the other element as well is it's the credibility. Is everybody aligned to the plan? Does everybody think it's credible? And therefore, are people prepared to execute against it? So that's, I would say, the the final and biggest challenge for most organizations is making sure that they're working with a credible plan that they can, you know, really start to perform against. Great, great. Adrian, what kind of examples can you give us of pain points that clients are coming to you with these days? So, yes, Gary, there are a number of pain points which are articulated by clients to myself when I'm engaging with them. Typically, one of the first ones, and I think one of the biggest challenges for organizations is that data visibility. You know, the lack of a planning application means that there's low visibility in the data. It's buried in spreadsheets. So your ability to be able to take the data, analyze it, run different scenarios against it, 
is somewhat challenged to say the least you know we're in a situation where you have to ask the questions they then get cascaded down it takes time to get the responses back so for me data visibility is probably one of the key elements where a lot of organizations are challenged as i mentioned previously time taken to produce if it takes you six weeks to produce a forecast or six months to produce a plan way way too long you know how can we get the data pull that together more expediently so that you can put the plan to bed and start to execute against the plan. So that for me is a critical thing. Creating the plan doesn't create value. Executing against the plan and challenging the plan and considering various options is where the real value is. And I think, as I mentioned previously, leveraging the data that's around the organization, less subjectivity embedded within the data. So people are not building in contingencies left, right, and center, actually having a good clear plan with the right level of contingency means that hopefully you don't have to do go through multiple iterations of trying to finalize the plan you want to do the plan once and finish it and move on and start to execute against it and i think for me it's all about where does the value come from actually having the right level of data which you are planning against you know, focused on where the true value drivers are for that organization. And that's going to vary from organization to organization. But what are the what are the real true value drivers? How can we start to create visibility and understand what levers we can pull and push in terms of being able to generate further value from those value drivers? So having data planned at the right level, focused on the right value drivers, means that organizations can quickly understand what decision options they've got and they can make in front of them. So for me, having that, having all of that, the right level of data, you know, making sure that it's visible basically boils down to the fact that you need the right planning application. The right planning application that's embedded across the business with standardized processes, standardized data model means that actually that starts to eradicate some of the problems that clients are facing today. And that is planning is done at too much of a granular level and it's embedded in Excel spreadsheets. So the visibility is low. And as a consequence, actually the devil is lost in the detail. You want to elevate where the challenges are and understand what are your decision options to be able to move forward as an organization. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Where does the the effort of the CFO and the finance team get expended today when you're looking at FP&A? So I think this is probably a question that most organisations probably challenge themselves with. How do we how do we leverage the value of the team, the FP&A team? And if you look at it, where most organisations today they spend a huge amount of time in creating the data, collating data, consolidating data, reconciling data. All of those activities are low value add. There's no value in creating the plan. The value is executing the plan. Okay, so for me, typically organizations are probably spending somewhere to in the regions of 85 to 90% of their time on that creating and collating and consolidating activity. That leaves a small amount of time to be able to look at where are the risks within that plan. Let's analyze that plan for those risks. Let's analyze it to see what decision options. Could we improve the plan status that we have today? What are the sensitivities within that plan? 
So all of the key value things where all of a sudden those having those sorts of elements of data around you gives you a much better chance of being able to turn around and say, what is the right path that we need to take? What are the decision options that we need to execute on? So for me, how do you start to shift what I describe as the hierarchical triangle? So a lot of energy is expended in that transactional piece of activity, but actually where the true value is, is in that tactical assessment and also the strategic assessment of what can we do to try and drive the performance of the organization. So how do we start to flip that on its head? And therefore, one of the other challenges that I have seen in with a lot of clients is they have to go through multiple iterations to be able to put the budget, the plan, or the forecast to bed. Okay, And that's simply because they go through this iterative process of, we'll take the first cut of data. That's not good enough. How do we stretch and challenge the business to deliver even more? And they go through this until they land with the right answer. That could mean five, six, seven iterations to be able to finalize. That's an unacceptable level of effort to be expended because there's no value in that. Actually, having the plan put to bed as early as possible and getting people focused on the commercial decision making that will enable them to drive the performance of the organization is where the value is. And that that invariably is why, in some cases, it takes an awful long time to complete a forecast from the first cut of data to actually finalizing can take two to three weeks of time in some instances. So I think that is where some of the challenges. And then the other piece is, is because plans are done at such a granular level of detail, driven by what could be even behaviors within the organization that people wish to see data at these particular levels, this this whole level of unnecessary data, which is being created to create the plan in the first instance, means that it takes a lot more time and effort. Again, having that nth degree of detail, there is no value. Focus on the value drivers, and all of a sudden things start to become clear around what decisions can we make to be able to execute. So I think number of key challenges where it means that the FP and A team are spending way, way too much time and where their effort needs to be focused on in the future to really help the organization drive value. You kind of put the spotlight on a lot of different issues here. Um, What should clients be focused on to start to address them? One of the things that I would always do, and I've had a number of interactions with clients where we probably take a step back and we need to assess where there are real true pain points today. Why is it such a painful exercise to be able to execute a budget or a forecast? What are the holdups? Where are the interdependencies? How does the organization come together? So we look at the whole end-to-end process and we don't necessarily just focus on one element, but how does a plan come together? How is it governed? You know, who has control and ownership of that plan from start to finish? How does the data flow? So we will look at it from a people, process, data, technology, governance and control angle to determine actually where are their opportunities to really streamline. Yep, so we can help clients focus on this is where you are today. We understand that you've got a vision of what you want to get from your enterprise performance management in the future. And most importantly, what are the logical stepping stones? And we can map that out for them. So within IBM, we use what's called the experience-led transformation. And that's been really, really successful at assessing very quickly 
where are the challenges and how clients potentially can approach those challenges to really put a, a firm transformation plan and a roadmap in place to get to their end state objectives. So typically that's how we're really trying to help clients today is to get them to take a step back initially and then focus on the big picture and then understand how we can compartmentalize that into roadmap chunks to get to their end state. What's the best way for clients to assess where they are today and what steps they need to take to get where they want to get to and and achieve the objectives they want to achieve? As I mentioned, the experience-led transformation is a great way. So it's all about getting that end user to be part of this transformation journey. So typically what I would always say is, is that actually we need to understand where the true challenges are for those individuals on the ground who are trying to execute those plans. And if we can start to understand that landscape, then it gives us the opportunity to showcase what are the opportunities going forward? How could things be done differently? So we can use things like our IBM component business model, which can help to map out the processes of how to deploy more effective and streamlined budgeting and forecasting processes. We can use benchmarking from our Institute of Business Value within IBM to determine actually what should the cost of this operation be? How can we execute planning, budgeting and forecasting? We may be benchmarked, we may be aiming for the top quartile in terms of that benchmark. But fundamentally, we're able to focus and bring together and help clients understand what is the opportunity relative to where they are today using experience-led transformation, using those tools and technologies that are around us to then shape a business case. And therefore, it's not just about being able to produce a plan at the end of the day. It's about being able to determine how we're going to drive value from that as well. So what do we expect of our people? as we come out of that. So I think for me, it's it's all about how do we create the visibility of what the opportunity is and help the clients on that path to their end state objectives. Interesting, interesting. What are the latest approaches within FP&A that, that can kind of really make a difference and support the CFO challenge? So Gary, in terms of some of the latest approaches, which we are showcasing with clients and they're starting to embrace, are in two or three key areas. Number one is the focus on data. How do you start to elevate your planning data to the right level that's really going to help deliver an efficient plan and you clearly understand where the value drivers are? So we've got some great case studies around where people are using this value driver concept. So that's number one. The second piece is how do you string the individual plans across an organization together? So this is where we talk about integrated business planning. How do we get the data to flow from the demand plan, from the manufacturing plan, the supply chain plan, so that those key elements get dropped into the financial plan and it's created in an automated fashion? And I think the other piece as well is is where some organisations have really stepped forward in terms of their maturity is how do you start to use the world of data analytics right, to create a more data-driven forecast rather than a human-driven forecast. So bring that combination of those three things together and it becomes a very powerful proposition in terms of, wow, we've got this data, we're starting to use it effectively and we've got much better visibility over what's driving our business and what our decision options are. So some people are more along that maturity curve to be at that end state. Others are starting out on the journey, but critically they've recognised that they need to start on that journey the way that they can deliver 
more effective business partnering in terms of a finance perspective to the operations is be more in tune and more aligned to what's going on within their individual planning environment and how quickly can they turn that into a commercial evaluation of what a demand plan looks like or a manufacturing plan or a supply chain plan. So it it really is about having that integration layer as well. And I think most importantly, it's also being able to recognise the talent that exists within your within your team. How do you move them, those talent that have traditionally been used to playing with data in Excel, taking extracts, having to reconcile data between different systems? How do you take them and re-engineer them to become fit for purpose in the new way of working? So they're starting to become more commercial analysts. They're looking at those decision options. What scenarios do we want to play with? What if sensitivity analysis? All of those sorts of things are typically very tail-end processes in the current landscape and things that probably aren't given enough time to do a proper evaluation. What we're enabling them to do is through the automated data flows, integrated business planning, all of those sorts of things, it's giving them a much greater time and space to be able to evaluate those. You need to make sure that you've got the right talent and skills to be able to support that agenda. So that's a big part of the changes. It's not only the process, it's not only the technology, but it's also the talent that can really help make a difference in this space. And then what's the kind of challenge for, for FP&A teams in terms of embracing new ways of work in order to, to leverage the benefits of the kind of transformation you're talking about? In terms of the challenge for the FP&A team, there are a number of opportunities for them to embrace uh, in the new ways of working and there are potential benefits for them. So one of the critical things that we always say to clients at the front end, this is not just about a process of technology and a data change. This is about how do you want your people to operate? How do you want to motivate them in the new ways of working, create the excitement about what their careers could be like going forward? So that's that's one element. It's creating the cell. There is also a tell bit about the, you know, the way that we're going to be delivering our FP&A activity into the future is very much around we want a global standard that we can all work to, a global standard data model. And what that means is, is that therefore it's much easier to understand the landscape and where the decision options are. So to that extent, there's always going to be a degree of compromise. Some people may not be used to operating with elevated levels of data. So we've got to really help them along on that journey to make sure that they're equipped and they're skilled and they're knowledgeable about the data model, the processes, the technology that's really going to help them to do their job. So there's a degree of sell and tell. You know, that sell is you're going to have much more exciting work to do, less spreadsheet drudgery and more about actually analysis, understanding what our decision options are. So for me, it's it really is about how do you excite and motivate the people to be part of this transformation journey. And that's where the FP&A team can play a real role as part of that transformation. We need their knowledge of understanding of how things come together and how things work in the organization. So they can be really a part of that, embedded within that transformational team going forwards. That means that we're in a much better place in helping that transformation and landing the transformation so that it's a successful and the organization is getting the value from the transformation. So really helping sell it, tell them that this is the rationale for the global standardization and the compromise that will be needed and get them embedded within the transformational team to help them push that transformation through and make it a success. 
All right, very good. Final question. What can you tell us? Talk to us a little bit about the approach that IBM utilizes to support clients as they work on their EPM transformation effort. IBM has a number of approaches that it can utilize to support client challenges. And it really does depend upon what the client's agenda is. So some clients will come to us and say, mm, we need some real help here with our FP&A agenda. So we can take a more holistic view. Alternatively, some clients may be happy with their process, their governance, the data model, and it may be that they just need to transform their technology. Okay, so it really does depend upon where the client is at in terms of the mindset of is their FP&A really working for them today? But what I would always say to clients is it's a great opportunity if you are going to transform, don't just look at the compartment of either technology or data or process in isolation. Take a step back. This is the opportunity to shape things so that you can get the real value from it. And I would always start with the value proposition is the critical element to recognize. What's your objective? What do you want to get out of your FP&A agenda? How you know proactive, how agile do you want to be? How data-centric do you want to be? You know, how much are you prepared to invest in things like AI, machine learning? All of those sorts of things are enabling capabilities that can really help with this space. So it really does, you know, we can we can position ourselves depending upon what the client's thinking is. But we would always turn around and say, you need to sanity check where you are today. Is that the right place? Is there an end game that needs further assessment? And therefore, let's map out what the roadmap to that end state looks like. Great, great stuff. Adrian, thank you so much for sharing your insights and your wisdom with us this week. Thanks for joining us. Gary, that's a pleasure. So thank you very much for your time as well. And listeners, if you're interested in learning more about this topic and about IBM's approach in this area, uh, visit the landing page for the podcast um, on our webpage, and you'll find links to other places you can go to learn more information. And again, thanks for listening. Thanks for listening. You can find the audio helpful resources, and a transcript of each episode at podcast.thehackagroup.com. If you liked this episode, please share it. You can also subscribe at Apple Podcasts or your favorite listening app so you never miss an episode. We'd welcome your feedback by tapping the rating on this or any episode, or send us an email at podcast at thehackagroup.com. The Hackett Group is a global leader in defining and enabling world-class performance. Learn how we can assist with your improvement journey at www.thehackagroup.com.